let me give you a couple more announcements. At Tuesday, we're going to be at the Duncan's house in Petaluma. Um, Brother Duncan, they have been so gracious to us in opening their home for now for a number of years. On Tuesday nights, we go there for Bible study. On last Sunday, we were, we, I say we, because you were with me, you, you prayed for me. Was, I was in Modesto, Turlock, playing, once a year, been playing softball. And uh, I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> but I still can play third base, hot spot. I don't care what nobody say. <laughs> but it really was fun. Met some new players out there. But this has just been something that's been going on for about 25 years, I guess, this tournament. Uh, I've been going a number of years and met some of these guys when I went to camp, Diamond Arrow. The Church of God owns a camp ground in, in Grass Valley called Diamond Arrows beautiful area but I went there well Mel was used to go and I finally decided to go because I'm not one of those camping guys but I went and met a number of individuals and a person by the name of Steve Hilby asked if I would come and play with their team when they when he was going to church in San Jose and that's how I got connected then so when he then moved to Tracy I stayed with San Jose for a while and now I'm playing with him and Tracy when they actually folded but once a year it's great and what it is the church in Modesto Church of God they started years ago a softball tournament during Labor Day to minister to individuals as a way to have people come. And there's about two other tournaments that happens around that same time. And this is one of the smaller ones. But anyway, it's been going on for 25 years. And so 15 teams are there this year. It's normally anywhere between 17 to 20 teams. Have a team, a team that comes from Alaska, Anchorage, Alaska. Two teams came from Oregon this year. Um, locally than in the valley. But I have really just met a, some wonderful guys, and everyone on Sunday morning goes to church. So seeing all these guys in their uniforms kind of bombard and go to the church, and every year they go up to the choir and sing Amazing Grace. And so it is just wonderful. And then after that, we're back out competing on the baseball field, the softball field. <laughs> so I am just glad to be able to go. I look forward to going again next year. And um, start preparing now so my I can be ready. So <laughs> we want to keep Anisha in prayer. Anisha really hates missing. She told me, Pastor, it's my last Sunday. I think she's quitting her job. I told her not to quit a few weeks ago because <laughs> she told me I can't work Sundays. And so I said, no, no, the Lord will work something out. Just checked in yesterday. She said, tomorrow's my last day <laughs> at that job there. So want to keep Anisha in prayer. So she's missing church and missing everyone here would you stand with me please it's good to see everyone people welcome me back i see my many of my friends but kevin i always make fun of my friend kevin it's good to see you kev we honor you today lord and we thank you for your goodness now as we open the word of god we pray that you will bless us to hear there are so many things happening in this world today and behind all of the chaos is an enemy. And we pray that we will be aware of who the enemy is. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the body of Christ this day. Pray that you will bless, anoint the speaker today. Bless me, help me to preach under the anointing. Those that will be traveling, Lord, in this month and next, we pray for traveling mercy. Pray that you will keep those that will be going long distances. Take them there and back 
safely. Bring them back safely. We honor you today and we bless your holy name for you are worthy of all the glory. Then I want to thank you, Lord, for those who do so much around this church. Those that, Lord, help behind the scenes. And just, Lord, you have just gifted people and we thank you for them. Thank you for those that, Lord, help during Sundays and come during the week to do various things. Come on the weekends to make sure things are in order. Cleaning the church. We honor your name today. My God, my God, the things that we sometimes can take for granted. We pause to say we appreciate the people that you have placed in the body of Christ. Those jobs that sometimes go unnoticed where they don't get a lot of recognition. We say thank you. We honor your name today and continue to, Lord, bless us to be a blessing to others in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Turning your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to jump right into the word of God. Well, I may not be able to complete this message. I'm hoping to, but I'm going to preach what God gave me. Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read two. Um, I'll give you the passage, and they're they're separated, but they're but both passages are in the chapter in Matthew chapter 13. So Matthew 13 verses 24 through 30. And normally we have the scripture on the board, but we won't have that this morning, this afternoon. And then I will be reading. Verses 36 through 43. So Matthew 13, 24 through 30, and then verses 36 through 43. When I read this, I will then give you my title. I have been reading my Bible, small print, and they can tell you on prayer, without my glasses. I've been working on my eyesight. There's some exercises you can do to improve your sight. And so I've been working hard. That don't mean I'm not going to put my glasses on. I might need them. I'm just letting you know what I'm going to start to try to do right here. If I can't complete it, then I'll throw them on. <laughs> I want to say a special thank you to a person. Um, Don, I just want you to know I appreciate you. Thank you. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. And this is what it says. He put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No. Lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let them, listen, let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first 
and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barns. Verse 36. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. I want you to to repeat after me. Am I made of wheat or weeds? (laughs) Am I made of wheat or weeds? That's my subject. If you want to get the attention of people, begin to talk about the matter of heaven and hell. As we have noticed and noted before in our preaching and in our teaching, Christ is the one in the Gospels who talks about hell more than anyone else. You will come to discover in this passage that we read, there are two types of people. Those that are represented by a wheat and those in the King James that says tares. Your Bible may have said tares. We're going to look at that word, which is a troubling weed. This is the second of three parables in this section that the Lord gave. Some time ago, I preached to you, and even at a funeral, I preached about the sower who went out to sow seed. You all remember that, some of you. Well, this is the second in Matthew that deals with wheat, and then the third one deals with the mustard seed. This being the second when Jesus was at the Sea of Galilee teaching the people. Oftentimes, he was teaching his disciples, but here in these parables, he's teaching his disciples. Point one, the good sower and the evil sower. The good sower and the evil Sower, not like sowing clothes, S-O-W-E-R. You know, sowing is a part of life. There's no way around it. You are sowing something. You're sowing. You're sowing. You're sowing either good things. You're sowing uh, um, bad things. You're sowing sowing mediocre things. You're sowing something. As Jesus is at the Sea of Galilee, he begins to teach the people. Jesus was in the habit of teaching the people. 
He wanted the people to get the information that he had. It is so vitally important that we understand and grow. Some people think that they get to a certain age and they don't have to learn anymore. You never get there. Jesus was constantly teaching the people, constantly working with his disciples. And when you get to the place where you think you don't need God anymore, nor the church, nor the study, you have come to the close of your days. Whenever Jesus is teaching, he is sowing and it behooves us to always pay attention to what he is sowing. In this parable, we know that the teaching is looking at What the kingdom of heaven is like. In this second parable of the three in this section, Jesus has just spoken about seeds and the field. And in this parable, Jesus shows his far-reaching rule. He is, Jesus has a far-reaching rule. His reach was not just Galilee. Jesus, his reach reaches the entire world. This is what this parable is dealing with. It's dealing with the fact that he reaches the world. That's not the main thing, but I want you to note in the description of the interpretation that the field represents the world. His reach is well beyond the seas of Galilee. Jesus knows how to reach deep into your heart and pull out what's there, even when you're trying to hide it. Yeah, you might be trying to hide something, but Jesus knows how to reach deep and bring it to the surface. And what Jesus came to do, he came and brought that which was good. Now, you need to note this. Jesus does not bring bad. Everything that Jesus does is good. The enemy brings bad. He may allow things to happen to you that you think is that that are not good. But Jesus is perfect. And in him there is no turning. There is no wrong. There are no shadows in him. And when we think about why these bad things happen, God is sending bad things my way. God will allow things to happen to pull you up out of the miry clay. Some of us don't even realize that some of the troubles we face is because God is reaching down trying to pull us to himself. And there we are, graveling and groveling in the dirt. The Lord has a work for us to do. You can't accomplish your work down below the surface. He's trying to raise you up so that you can walk in him. What Jesus brings, the world tries to color as evil and wrong. The world and what God has, they are on two different courses. What Jesus calls good, the world says is wrong. What the wrong, what the, what, what the world says is right, the Lord says is wrong. Somebody is wrong, somebody is right, and I'm going to stay with Jesus. Now while the good seed of the sons of the kingdom have come to the Lord, they notice that they say that the man that went out and sowed good seed, sowed seed, he went out and sowed seed. And when he went to go sow the seed, the Bible describes how the servants went to sleep in the evening. Nothing wrong with that. 
It's a regular time for sleeping. That's a good time to go sleeping. Some people just start their day in the nighttime going to try to find out what can I get into. Yeah, you're going to find plenty of stuff in the evening. Should be home in the bed. But there's some people that just began their creep in the evening. We see that in this passage that the kingdom of heaven may be compared to. When you have a symbol, it it expresses something about the real, but the real is always better. It gives you the chance to be able to get a glimpse of something that's good, something that's to come. It gives you a picture. The Lord is constantly trying to give us a picture of what he's like and who he is. And he often says the kingdom of heaven is compared to, or when he gives parables, it is something that the people can wrap their minds around in understanding the symbol, but sometimes they miss the meaning. So when he plants the seed, it makes note that when the servants were sleeping, there was an enemy that came in and sowed tares. The word tares comes from the Greek word zazania. It is darnel. It is a weed. The darnel weed cannot be detected from wheat. It looks exactly the same. Zania refers to what is called the beard, the bearded darnel. It is common in Palestine. It resembles wheat and cannot be distinguished from wheat until much later. <laughs> the, the, the darnel or the The tear is a kind of rye grass. The seeds are poisonous. It is a troublesome weed. When we look at this matter of what Jesus sold and what the enemy sold, I like what Dr. Butler said that the enemy does not sow in his own field. He comes over and sows in the field that the Lord has established. Notice what he does. He comes at night. You see, that's what the enemy does. He doesn't want to be detected. So when nobody's watching, when people are asleep, the enemy comes and sows tears. It looks like wheat. It grows like wheat. It can't be detected. You get this matter that the servants had been out there working all along as these these seeds are growing together. But then they come to the Lord and they say, who planted? Didn't you plant good seed? Where did these tares come from? Well, one of the questions that's got to be asked is, well, when did they discover there was a problem? You see, many people discover the problem when it's way too late. The enemy is going to sow some tears. He's going to sow while you're sleeping. There's, there's nothing wrong with sleeping. But you've got to watch. You, you, you've got to watch what the enemy does. And I'm not going to give you the answer to my second point, which is coming soon. 
But the enemy is sowing tares in your life. He is planting on ground that God has already made. It's God's ground. And the enemy is trespassing. And is sowing into your life and you are responding as if God has done something wrong. Missing the fact that the enemy is busy working to discredit, to disturb, to mess up everything that God is doing in your life. God plants a good seed. And what does the enemy do? He comes right along and plants something else. Seeds of doubt. Seeds of complaining. Seeds of just just an attitude of grumbling. Seeds of laziness. The enemy does not have anything good for you, but he comes to mimic what God has planted. And one oftentimes don't even know that the seed has been planted until later on. Hmm. You see, Jesus is not always also in the habit of telling you everything. Doesn't always tell you his secrets right front. Sometimes you got to go through. He reveals things as you go through. Sometimes you don't get things because you won't spend time with him. There's something that's not revealed until you spend some quiet time just with you and the Lord. There's some times when the Lord is trying to get you to himself. There you are trying to always have something going on. Music, something, television, everything. Something's always got to be going on. Something always. In, in the morning, I gotta have my music before I get up. That's, that's okay. I, I gotta have this. I gotta have this. Uh, I, 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 I've got my quiet time with the Lord. Now, some of you got different times of how you worship. That's fine. But some people turn on the music as a distraction, not as part of your worship. If you're turning on stuff just to block out the noise, mm, you need to turn it off. Jesus will begin to speak truth to you. As you get into his word and you get along not only with yourself, along with him, but as you also get along with other people. You see, when we talk about body ministry, we talk about what the Lord is doing. You see, it's good to get along with those that are of like mind because the good seed has been sown by the good sower, by the Lord himself. You see, when you're out always around others who don't know the Lord, you have tares that's being sown in your life. And then you begin to wonder, why, are this, why is this happening? Why are all these things taking place? Because you are among and around tares. What do you expect? The enemy at times trying to sow into your life, but yet when you're established with the Lord, only so far he can go. And then we want to blame God for the tears, we said, if God was doing this, this wouldn't be happening. How do you know? God allows certain things to help you to grow. There are certain things that's going to grow at the same time as we see in this, in this parable. Point two, exposed by the fruit. Matthew 13, 26 through 28. The problem of the seeds that the servants of the master noticed only came about when the wheat produced. 
The problem was detected when the wheat, when the wheat was come or developed, when the fruit came. That's how they knew there was a problem. When did the servants know? When the wheat ear became visible. Wait a minute. We've got a problem here. That's wheat. That's not wheat. It was detected when the fruit appeared. The servants had been out there working all the time with it. They had noticed they had been there, but they couldn't tell the difference until it produced. You are producing something and the results are going to show. Your wheat, your fruit is going to show and it's going to be revealed what's been growing there. So at the end, you say, oh, where did that come from? It had been growing there. The servants brought the problem to Jesus. Master, didn't you sow good seed? Yes. Where did these weeds come from? The enemy. An enemy planted. He sowed that. Do you want us to go pluck it up? Hmm. Exposure to that which is a problem is often maxed, maxed until a later time. The servants were not sloppy. They wanted to go deal with the problem. Shall we pluck those things up? Should we go? Now, let me say this. The servants are really pretty interesting, great in this sense that they were really willing to do the hard work. Do you know how hard it would have been to try to separate the wheat from the darnel? See, from my understanding, some darnel, the difference is that the wheat is a certain color while the darnel produces a blackhead. They would have noticed and said, oh, my goodness, this is not what the master planted. Here he is sowing on the property of the master. You see, in this world that God has made, he has his children and the enemy has his. I don't care how you try to, to change your, your, your feelings and, oh, 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 I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah, there, there's two feed, there are two types of seeds. There's the wheat and there are, there are the tares. These, these servants are just perplexed. They knew what was planted. And it's interesting that they want to go and pluck it up because they probably sense this is not good to eat. You can't have this. But the master said, no. Let them both grow together. Because if you go to try to pull up the darnel, the tares, you're going to damage the wheat. There will be a proper time for separation. The work of the servants was to do what they were doing. But the reaping was going to happen by the angels at a later time. The purpose of these weeds was to destroy the wheat. The enemy wants to destroy the work of the good. So let's look at some common ways that this is done. When a child is born in the womb, a creation of God, the life of a human being, then the enemy sows a tear by introducing, introducing abortion as a reasonable solution. When the good seed of marriage between one man and one woman is sown by the master, the tear of the enemy Say that marriage should not be restricted to male and female alone. 
When children are born to married couples and the, mas- and the master says, this is a blessing, this is a blessing to have children, he says, this is wonderful, the terror of the enemy that his son says, we are running out of resources, which is a lie. And therefore, you need to limit the amount of children that you have. Married couples. When the good seed of promoting righteousness in the public square and in schools and the workplaces so on, the enemy souls, the tear that the Bible is harmful to one's well-being and that there should be a separation of holiness from the school and public square and the workplace. So it was the sons of the kingdom that noticed the problem rather than the sons of the enemy. It was the sons of the servants who noticed that there's a problem rather than the sons of the enemy. Don't expect the enemy to call the weeds wrong or call the weeds weeds. They're weeds. Can I identify the wrong? The enemy wants that which is of the kingdom to fold and to blend in. Compromise is what the tares want. Compromise is what the enemy wants. But when you stand for holiness, you're going to be called out and say you are a bigot. You, you're, not, you're, not, you're not blending in. You're not beating or, or, or walking to our own drumbeat. You're doing something different. Remember, the tares have infiltrated the good wheat and trying to take over. Point number three, and I'll be done in just a few minutes. The final separation. Verses 28 through 30. The desire of the servants of the kingdom is to be commended. It would be a lot of hard work, as I said, to go out and try to remove the tares. But you see, you've got to be careful because the wheat is at risk. However, this would not be their job. Their job had been done in tending But there's coming a job and a time when the Lord says that at the end of time, I'm going to have the angels do the gathering. Now, I want you to note the first thing that happened with the sowing was that the good master sowed the good seed. But at the end, when we look at the tares, they're going to be gathered first, bundled and burned. You see, tares and weeds are, it's not good for anything but but really but burning. People have such a warped idea about what they're doing uh, what they're going to be able to do at the judgment. I have heard people tell me at the judgment. I'm just going to tell God when I get to the judgment. Too late, I'm telling you right now. If you haven't gotten it right, don't please don't come telling me. Because remember, the angels are gathering the tares. Their job is to bundle them and to burn them, destroy them. It's not the time. Says Lord, I I decided to come now. Too late. The time is now. Time is now. People have this idea. I'm going to be partying in here. I've already told you no parties. The Lord has the parties going on. He describes that there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When we think of that, that the pain will be so excruciating. And then when you get to two million years, when you get to two million years, you have not even touched the surface. You're just getting started. People have this idea that they can deal with God's judgment. You can't. 
If there's anything in this life right now that gets you upset and that gets you flustered and that concerns you and bothers you, it doesn't even compare to eternity. If you compare anything in this life that rattles you and you can't handle it, how are you going to handle eternity not knowing God? See, the sons of the kingdom become sons because they were willing to accept and follow their master. They were willing to follow his bidding. The wonderful thing about the kingdom is that people have the chance to access it now by becoming a part of it. At the harvest, it is too late. Note that the good seed, as I said, it was planted first. The enemy ain't gotten his own soil on his own. No, he's coming to find out what's happening on your territory. Go ahead and accept the Lord and watch what the enemy will begin to do. He'll begin to increase the pressures in your life. He's going to begin to sow tears. People that you had not even had contact for a long time, he's going to be bringing around. All types of stuff that you didn't have to face in a long time, there it is, staring you right in the face. Got to be so careful. Today we see that the children of the kingdom, the children of the enemy, we see them living side by side. And I don't care what the media says, the media is not Correct. If you think them and swallowed whole line and sinker, mm-mm, they're giving you tears. They're giving you what they want you to hear. Be, be, be careful. I'm not saying there's not truth in some of the things, but, but there's a slant to it. You stand for something that's good? Oh, they, they will bless the person who's a hypocrite and doing all kind of evil. But let a righteous person stand and say, bless the Lord. They'll call a lawsuit against you in a minute. Tears, tears the enemy is sowing. The children of God need to know and understand that the Lord has sown good seed. Now, as these weeds grow together, the distinguishing point will be the fruit that is born. Remember, it's the fruit that makes and tells the difference. Your fruit or lack thereof is a dead giveaway of where you are. The fruit you bear or the lack thereof, it is a dead giveaway. Today there is still room in the kingdom. Are you going to take that opportunity to be gathered in? To the kingdom. Bow your head, please. Today, Lord, may we evaluate whether we are wheat or weeds. If we have been born of the Lord, we are the wheat. Today, the enemy is sowing seeds of tares, of darnel, poisonous seeds, trying to go undistinguished. But, Lord, Only for a time, because the fruit will determine what's there. May we allow the righteousness and the holiness of God's seed to germinate and to build and to grow in our lives. May we not prevent it. May not the weeds take over, but may we tend to the the seed that's been planted by praying, by Bible reading, by spending time with the Lord. By giving, by serving, by honoring you, and not by making excuses about everything else. About the oops and the I can't help it. 
Help us, Lord, to allow the seed to germinate so that when the world and the enemy looks at us, there is a clear distinction because of the fruit that's been born. We bless your name today. We honor your name today. That, Lord, we can be wheat rather than weeds. We honor you today and we bless you and praise you. And as we leave this place, God, we pray that we will guard the word in our hearts. Oh, the enemy is going to be sowing tares as we leave. But he's a lie. We come against him right now. We praise you and honor you and glory in your holy name. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 May God bless you. God bless you.